And let's uh, talk to our good friend from U.S. Integrity, Matthew Holt. What is going on, Matt? TC, my man. How's things going? Woo! Well, it was uh, it was very scary for me last night, Matt, because I had the Buffalo Bills, so I wasn't real happy with that. Uh, Josh Allen being my quarterback, as you know, that I picked in the first round uh, with four turnovers, so I thought I was doomed. However, luckily, I was uh, playing an also-ran in our fantasy league, uh, one of the bottom dwellers, and I got the victory despite Josh Allen getting me minus one. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Minus one from your first round pick in a win. Uh, yeah, amazing. Hey, and he was only better than my opponent who had Lamar Jackson, who I think had a minus two. Sweet. You know what's amazing is prior to the season, TC, everyone had said, look, the NFC's wide open. This is the, this is the side of the bracket here where we don't know what's going to happen. We don't have those dominant teams. And everyone talked about the AFC being a three-horse race with Cincinnati, Kansas City, and Buffalo. All three of those teams went 0-3 to start their season. And on the NFC side, the prohibitive favorites, Philly, San Fran, Dallas, 3-0. and Yep, very good. Very good point. All right, uh, give me some thoughts on what you saw last night. Obviously, the Aaron Rodgers injury was, you know, uh, took, uh, you know, took the focus off of uh, a little bit of the game last night. And then you bring Zach Wilson in. And I think a lot of people who had Buffalo, like myself, were feeling pretty good about it at, at that time. But, hey, uh, the hype with the Jets and the defensive side of the ball, I mean, really showed out. And we've seen this Jets defense play Buffalo tough. You know, Even last year, uh, Buffalo had, what, 17 and 20 points in the two games against the Jets uh, last year. And even though the Jets really didn't do much offensively, uh, their defense and special teams rose to the occasion, and the Jets got out of there with a win. Yeah, you know, it, it was sad for me to see it, and I'm not an Aaron Rodgers fan, and I've, I've never been a fan. Just from the actual standpoint of I work in sports and sports betting, and I know that sports is the ultimate reality TV show, the world's greatest customer engagement tool, and the ultimate unifier. So I always want to see the biggest stars, the best stories coming to light, portraying themselves in real time for the studio audience. And Aaron Rodgers, like him or not, is an amazing story that draws people in. And unfortunately for the rest of the season now, we won't have that same draw. Um, and the New York Jets, despite the win last night, just became a lot less interesting. Yeah, they did. Now, I don't know who's less interesting, Matt. Is it the Jets or is it the Giants who got drill-pressed 40 to nothing on that same field in that same stadium the night before to the Dallas Cowboys? I mean, downright embarrassment. For opening night on your home field to score zero unacceptable, especially against a division opponent who you've played pretty well against in the past. I mean, for the Giants to, to show what they did, which was absolutely nothing, uh, downright horrific. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a matter of what happens with these teams moving forward, because neither one of them now has the star power to attract fans on their own. The good news this week is we sort of get to have a comparison. So this week, the Giants get a much easier matchup against the Arizona Cardinals, where they'll be heavily favored and expected to get the W. And it's the Jets that have to play the Dallas Cowboys this week. So can Dallas whip both the New York teams? I could tell you that if the Jets look the same as the Giants, neither one of them is going to be too compelling in the Big Apple. 
Matt Holt joins us, U.S. Integrity. Matt, let me ask you, we'll start with the the impressive side, all right? Which team impressed you the most in week one? Well, I think you have to say the Cowboys, because I feel like they had the most people on the hot seat. Dak was on the hot seat. You had a coach on the hot seat. Could that receiving core uh, get the job, job done? Could the running back core, you know, no Zeke Elliott for the first time in several years, with Tony Pollard going to be able to be your number one back, how would this defense respond? They had a lot of injuries last year, but the year before, that defense was amazing. Would they be able to bounce back? And obviously, they answered every single question. And I think on the other side, when we look at you know maybe teams that were games that were played in AFC stadiums, the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, that game was essentially a pick 'em, TC. It was never in doubt. There couldn't have been a more overrated quarterback in the NFL coming into this season than Kenny Pickett. And the San Francisco 49ers just reminded us all that despite the injuries, despite everything they seemingly deal with each and every game, each and every season, they have the best game-planning coach in the NFL. And at the end of the day, they're going to be a major factor for whoever's trying to win the NFC. And also, it points to the fact that here we go again, and this is you know underlined or circled in this game specifically, that the preseason means absolutely nothing. The Niners looked awful in preseason. Uh, we saw them firsthand here playing the Raiders. And then Pittsburgh actually played pretty darn well, and there was a lot of hype. Hey, look how good Pickett was in the preseason. Throw that out the window, Matt. Preseason means absolutely nothing, and it seems like that that you see a little of that carry over from the preseason to week number one, especially from a line perspective. Yeah, we sure did, and a lot of offenses. People said we're going to struggle mightily. New England Patriots. Mac Jones threw for over 300 yards. I thought that was really encouraging. On the other side, Joe Burrow might have had the worst quarterback performance of the week, and and everyone has massive expectations after he signed his new contract. So. I think a lot of the things we thought about week one weren't necessarily true. You know, hey, let's fade these tanking teams like the Arizona Diamondbacks. Well, I know that the survivor contestants barely squeaked out, uh, probably lost 10 pounds due to sweat, but the point spread better certainly didn't get there. All of these teams that were supposed to just get run over, the Indianapolis Colts and their rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson, who threw for a touchdown and ran for a touchdown, I thought the young guys looked good. I thought they played hard. I thought their teams looked more formidable than people expected. And I thought some of these big favorites, they showed that there is just so much parity in the NFL. The hard salary cap really does make these games so tight. And we saw it with Kansas City. Two star players down, lost outright. We saw it with Cincinnati. Joe Burrow didn't get to practice all preseason. They were terrible. So, I mean, all of this stuff, the NFL has tons of parity, and as soon as you think you know, you don't know. No, you're right. And the two biggest lines last week, and they weren't gigantic lines, but they were kind of big for week number ones, where was the Baltimore Ravens um, over Houston, and then, like you mentioned, you know, Washington against Arizona. And, you know, everyone, including myself, was saying, you know, Arizona and, and Houston are, are awful when you're dealing with new coaching staffs and quarterbacks and all of that, but... Each one of those, you know, teams hung for a while. Now Baltimore actually they they, they put them away. So really, Baltimore really is the only one that kind of played according to form. But yeah, I mean Washington. Let's don't let's don't get hyped on these guys because they struggled mightily against Arizona. And let's look at the favorites and let's just use the contest lines. You know, some local contest lines. 
of teams that were six-point favorites or higher. Minnesota Vikings minus six and a half lost outright. Kansas City Chiefs minus six and a half lost outright. Washington Redskins minus seven didn't cover and were losing most of the game. Uh, and and we're, it was 16-10 most of the second half. Washington had to score that touchdown in the fourth quarter to go on and win that game, but not cover 20-16. to 16. Uh, I mean, just it was a dog day, and I think it's a reminder of the parity uh, that exists within the NFL. Now, one team that uh, you know, I kind of had a feeling wasn't going to show up, and uh, they didn't, and that was the Chicago Bears. And again, I know that that line was virtually a pick'em, and you know there was the unknown with Jordan Love, but the Packers, just from a talent perspective and a in a system perspective, just head and shoulders above the Bears. And again, Justin Fields again. Uh, I know it's only one week, but I didn't see much growth from him, Matt, from year one to year two. No, absolutely not. You're right, TC, and. And I think that they were probably the most overrated team from a betting perspective, you know, sort of the sleeper darling team coming into the season because Justin Fields accredited himself very nicely under a lot of pressure, but they gutted that defense last year. They got rid of all the pieces that matter. They basically declared to the world that they were rebuilding from scratch, and those things don't happen overnight. They did get Justin Fields a couple of weapons, but there looked like there was no continuity. And we've seen this, TC, time and time again in the NFL, where a new quarterback comes into the league, they don't have a lot of tape on him, and he's able to use athleticism, escapability, and unpredictability to have a good stretch of games. Because I didn't think Justin Fields had an amazing season last year. I thought he had to... Uh, a really fun stretch of games, and then the excitement and the forward momentum gets going and everybody expect has unrealistic expectations. But now there's plenty of tape on Justin Fields, and let's face it, the Green Bay Packers aren't one of the favorites in the NFC, and they completely shut Justin Fields and that Bears offense down. Let's bring it back here to the Raiders, uh, Matt, and the Broncos. It, kind of an ugly game. There wasn't a whole bunch of offense, and uh, a missed extra point cost the Broncos the game. The Raiders win 17-16. to uh, Garoppolo, I guess good, not great. Uh, Russell Wilson, better than what we saw last year. Give me your quick take on that game. Yeah, you know what? Look, the Raiders hung. They did what they had to do. They're dealing with a lot of new pieces. What I thought was interesting is for the first half, Russell Wilson actually looked like Russell Wilson. Threw a couple touchdowns, was moving the ball. I was like, wow, maybe Sean Payton is the difference. Maybe we are going to get some semblance of the old Russ. And then the second half came along, and he fumbled once, got away with it, luckily. You know, and it was just dink and dunk and no passion and no fire. And it looks like the same old Broncos, and that's bad news for Denver fans in a division that's stocked and loaded. You got it. Matt Holt joins us. All right, Matt, let's uh, take a look ahead here. We got a pretty intriguing game here on Thursday Night Football. We don't get many of those, uh, but the NFL does kind of skew it for the first couple weeks. Then we get into the, you know, the, the goofy stuff. But we got the Vikings and the Eagles, and you mentioned the Vikings were a six and a half point favorite over Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, at home in Minnesota, could not get the job done. And the Eagles, uh, they got the cover, but uh, they they had to battle the New England Patriots. Even though the Eagles jumped out to a, a 16 nothing lead in that game, they had to hang on for dear life. And uh, we got the Eagles a seven-point choice on Thursday night against the Vikings. How do you see it? You know, the stats said that the Eagles actually lost the game against New England. New England ended up having so many passing yards, a lot of those because they were they were down the entire game. 
but that pick six by the Patriots was the difference. Other than that pick six by, by Mac Jones, I thought New England looked like the better football team on the field for most of that game. On the other side, I don't know what to make of this Minnesota Vikings team. Their defense is missing a lot of pieces, and their offense, now that backfield doesn't look like they can run the football at all, and we know any team you make one-dimensional in the NFL is going to struggle. So this is a tricky game for me. I do believe that the Eagles are favored for a reason, but the Eagles' offense wasn't exactly electric in Game 1. If you put a gun to my head right now, I would take the seven points with the Minnesota Vikings. All right. Now, here's a game that I think will draw a lot of attention here, uh, just because, you know, fans, you know, uh, and betters too. It's like, hey, you know, as I call it the Janet Jackson theory, what have you done for me lately? The Green Bay Packers are in a similar situation to what they were last week. And they're going to go to Atlanta. And they're only a two-point favorite in this game. Now, granted, Atlanta, you know, won their opener 24 to 10. But when you look at the, at the roster and you look everything from top to bottom, they're not an impressive team at all here. Uh, I got to believe that Green Bay is going to get a lot of love at the window this weekend. I love the Atlanta Falcons this year. I love what they're trying to do with a young team, dedicating and committing to running the football, dedicating and committing to stopping the run on the other side. And we saw them do that in week one, albeit it was the Carolina Panthers were the opponent. You know, Desmond Ritter came out and did what he was supposed to do. Don't turn the football over. And to me, a game like this, TC, is going to come down to the turnovers. If Atlanta does what Atlanta is trying to do on the football field, which is play really good defense, run the ball, shorten the game by having longer possessions with the clock running, then I think the Falcons have a very good chance and are a very live underdog here. If the rookie Desmond Ritter turns the football over, to your point, they're out-talented, and they don't have the firepower or the style to come from behind. I like these type of games for in-play reasons. If the Falcons get out to an early lead, I actually like them in play to hold on to that lead because they run the football and they, they make you throw into a zone defense and, and things that you like from a team that's ahead. If they fall behind, though, I don't like them getting out of their comfort zone and having to throw the football, and I could see Green Bay actually extending the lead. I think it's worth watching very closely where this game sits around midway through the second quarter. Yeah, you know, Ritter was efficient. I mean, 15 for 18, Matt. But again, everything was just, you know, dink and dunk and throwing passes in the backfield. He only had 115 yards. When's the last time you saw someone go 15 for 18 and only have a buck 15 and he had the one touchdown? But what was alarming for me in that game, and again, I didn't watch that game, but just you know, with those two teams, I mean, the the Falcons were two for 10 in third downs. And to me, that's, you know, that that is my my stat that I've always pointed out. And it's, it's a great game of what your offense uh, can do or or not do. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I, I think they're the benefactors of playing a pathetic, maybe maybe the, the worst team in football in the Carolina Panthers right now uh, as well. So, I, yeah, I'm probably going to be involved in that game, and I'm probably going to be involved in the Green Bay Packers because, again, not that I'm, I'm crazy about Jordan Love, but here's a guy that it has, you know, like Aaron Rodgers, sat behind Brett Favre, um, you know, that Jordan Love just got a chance to just sit and grow and mature. And again, as long as he just doesn't lose games, the Packers have a great running game. They got a pretty darn good defense. Uh, the, watch out for the Packers this year because that could be their mode of operation, you know, much different than it's been in years past where you have a quarterback that's, you know, 
you know, 300, 350, 400 yards a game, the Packers may be winning in a different style this year. I agree. I think both of these teams want to play to the same the same way, run the football, play good defense. I don't want to get too excited, though, about Green Bay's win last week because it was against the Chicago Bears and what, what, what might be the worst defense in the NFC. They will face a much stiffer test this week, and we always know the second of a back-to-back on the road is tricky. So second straight game on the road for Green Bay, this time in a very humid and warm weather conditions in Atlanta against a much stiffer defensive test than they faced last week. Oh, buyer beware. All right, real quick, Matt, let's close with this from a business side, uh, and which I know that you follow very closely. The UFC, uh, WWE under the same banner now, right? Endeavor, you know, bought the WWE. Today was the, the, uh, the big ceremony. And, uh, what do you think is going to happen here? We're going to see any differences in these companies? I am as proud of our partnership with Endeavor in the UFC as any of the partnerships we have, and we work with just about every major professional and collegiate sports league. Those guys really get that this is not sports isn't just about the end result of you know a final score on the field. It's about entertaining fans, and they understand that as well as anybody, and they try and they fix things and they change things, and they constantly try to make the fan experience better. Kudos to the UFC. Congratulations on an amazing deal. There it is. All right, my man. We appreciate the time, as always. And I know you're traveling around a lot and you're busy, but uh, we definitely want to keep uh, getting you on as often as we can here on the show and talking football. TC, I've been going east so much, I don't know what it's like to go west, but I'm headed to the (laughs) beach, my friend. Going to the beach? Look at that. That's my guy. He's going to the beach here in the middle of September. My guy. Enjoy, brother. Thanks, TC. Take care. There he is. That's my guy, Matthew Holt. Uh, again, longtime friend, supporter of this show and myself. And uh, I'm so proud of him for what he's done with his business, getting out of the sports book business, and then now creating his U.S. integrity company that represents and partners with every collegiate conference just about in every professional sports league as well, too. He's doing so well and great to continue to have uh, him and that knowledge on the show.